Whenever I worked at Johnson & Johnson, every year when we were close to election time, the company would send out an email from the CEO's office or somebody really high up talking about how based upon the company's interests and priorities, there was one candidate who was better for the company than the other. I hated those emails. I got mad every time I read them. It really bothered me that the company wanted me to consider what was in the best interest of the company when I went to go vote. Now, that was a company imposing their political values on me, their employees. No me gusta. There's a common thread of opinion that I see in comment sections of various articles for different companies who are receiving backlash for certain inclusive campaigns. It's the sentiment that consumers don't want companies to be political. They want them to focus their efforts on just selling their products and services. But companies, whether consumers like it or not, or whether consumers and employees know it or not, have been engaging in politics for what feels like forever. More on this after this short break. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so companies have been engaging in politics for what seems like forever. Whether or not their team members, customers, or society at large likes it or even knows about it. It's often just called lobbying. For instance, in 2022, Apple, Facebook, or Meta, Google, and Amazon spent a combined $69 million lobbying the U.S. federal government, a 5% increase from the year before. And if you're curious about which publicly traded companies in the U.S. have spent the most in lobbying since 2009, I'll drop a link to that in the show notes for you. But you don't have to invest in lobbying to be political. Other companies watch and react to what's happening in the political arena and respond to it based upon what they feel is aligned with their values. When lawmakers in Georgia passed restrictive voting rights laws that many felt would restrict voting access to people of color, Major League Baseball responded by moving the scheduled All-Star game, as well as a Major League Baseball draft, out of Georgia in protest. I believe this was in 2021. Here's what the Major League Baseball commissioner had to say about the move and how they arrived at the decision. I have decided that the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport is by relocating this year's All-Star Game and Major League Baseball draft. Major League Baseball fundamentally supports voting rights for all Americans and opposes restrictions to the ballot box. In 2020, MLB became the first professional sports league to join the nonpartisan Civic Alliance to help build a future in which everyone participates in shaping the United States. We proudly used our platform to encourage baseball fans and communities throughout our country 
to perform their civic duty and actively participate in the voting process, Fair Access to Voting continues to have our game's unwavering support. Even if you don't go this far as what Major League Baseball did, as what some other companies have done, and how you engage in politics and how you communicate it with your team, every company that has employees is political. That's because every company that puts policies in place as to how they will and will not support the people who work at the company makes choices that could be viewed as political. The decisions to go along with prevailing laws or to put in policies that go beyond the law are political stances a company takes to their team's benefit or not. When companies decided to cover the cost of traveling to a different state to have an abortion after Roe v. Wade was overturned in 2022, that was political. When companies decided to extend maternity leave benefits and offer paternity leave beyond what's required by the U.S. government, that's political. When a company decides to offer benefits to the LGBTQ community with regard to marriage, spousal and partner support and benefits, and even transitioning, that's political. The Human Rights Campaign Foundation tracks whether major employers rated in their Corporate Equality Index, a benchmarking tool that evaluates and measures policies, practices, and benefits for LGBTQ team members. In 2002, when they started tracking companies on these measures, there weren't any that met their guidelines. And then in their latest benchmarking in 2022, 662 major businesses have adopted gender transition guidelines, and 91% of businesses that are CEI rated offer at least one transgender inclusive healthcare plan option. Companies have been engaging in politics long before people had objections about companies seemingly taking sides on issues of diversity and inclusion as it relates to their policies and marketing practices. And now, companies who are engaging in inclusive marketing are often being called woke. Now, when people these days are calling the company woke, it is not meant as a compliment. Florida Governor Rick DeSantis, who is currently running for president of the U.S., has an anti-woke agenda. While it is very likely that many people who are using the term woke don't fully understand what it means, they are using it in a negative way based upon the context in which they've grown accustomed to hearing it thrown around by many people they follow. More on woke and how that connects to businesses today, specifically marketers, right after this short break. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Or could it be Don? Or John? Or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. In a full 360 view of every customer, so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. 
All right, so here's how DeSantis's team defined woke in a federal courtroom in Florida in late 2022. It's the belief that there are systemic injustices in American society and the need to address them. So as you hear that term thrown around and used, it is important to ask yourself first, as you're forming an opinion about woke and what that means, and if you believe and support in it, do you believe that there are systemic injustices in American society and that they need to be addressed? If your answer is yes, then in my book, you are pro-woke. If you don't believe that there are systemic injustices in American society and that they need to be addressed, then I encourage you to go and listen to episode 45 of this podcast, Factors Influencing Your Customer Success That You Should Be Aware Of. I'll drop a link to it in the show notes so you can access it easily. Okay, so that's the DeSantis' team definition of woke. But where did the term woke actually come from? The term originated back in the mid-1900s within the Black community in the U.S. Then it meant the same as what it means to the Black community now, to be informed, educated, and conscious of social injustice and racial inequality. I've heard the term plenty in my life, and usually when I heard it, it was a phrase, stay woke, as in don't fall asleep to the racial inequalities, systemic barriers, and social injustices that are in effect all around us. The term got pushed back into the mainstream in 2014 as part of the Black Lives Matter movement during protests after the shooting death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. But in recent years, the term started being used by those who are anti-woke in more of a political context. Recently, investor and entrepreneur Mark Cuban made headlines when he said, call me woke. He went on to say, you don't need to call it DNI. You can call it whatever you want. I call it good business. It means taking the people that you're selling to and making sure your workforce looks like them and making sure you can reflect their values and being able to connect to that. That works for me. In a separate interview, Cuban commented that many top companies in the U.S. can be considered woke. He said that there's a reason almost all the top 10 market cap companies in the U.S. can be considered woke. It's good business. Whether or not they call themselves that, there are a lot of woke businesses, business leaders, and marketers out there. And they've been there doing their work long before woke became the political buzzword that it is today. Woke is good business. To be woke means to see the people you serve, both on your team and of course your customers, and to understand that many of them have been on the receiving end of racial injustice, systemic barriers, and social justice inequalities that have slowed and or negatively impacted their ability to achieve success. To be woke means that we have a responsibility to address those challenges, to not only help the people you serve achieve success, but more broadly to make life better for the people you serve. Now, I'm not saying that every brand needs to become a social justice warrior and you need to redirect your energy and resources there, but I do want you to awaken and spend time understanding how the journeys of the people you serve may be different and get a deep understanding of the various factors that influence their success so that you can build an informed plan to ensure that everyone you serve has the same opportunity to achieve the same degree of success with your business no matter what their identity is. You cannot assume that everyone's experience is the same. 
Doing so is the equivalent of staying asleep. Your customers and the people on your team need you to wake up and stay woke and even to be political at times so that all of them can achieve the success your business exists to deliver to them. That's it for today's episode. If you like this show, I would love it if you would share it with a friend, colleague in your network, and I'd really love to just continue the conversation with you. So if you'd like to talk about this more, definitely tag me on social media. I would love to join the conversation or feel free to even email me or slide into my DMs and we can talk about this more in depth. Also, if you like this show, another way to support it is to leave a rating and review for it in your podcast player of choice. It really does go a long way to helping more people discover the show. And I like to think it goes a long way towards helping more people and be inclusive. If you like to dive deeper into the world of inclusive marketing, definitely join the inclusion and marketing email newsletter. Each week I send you news, stories, examples, and more anecdotes that help you make more of the people you serve feel like they belong with you. Go to inclusionandmarketing.com slash newsletter to get signed up. I'll also drop a link to it down in the show notes so you can access it easily. And if you need some help identifying how the journeys of the people you serve are different, that's something that I've helped a number of clients with. And just shoot me an email and let's talk more about how we can work together to help you do that. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.